The Internet of Things suffered several setbacks during its long hype cycle in coping with complex deployments. Having overcome the daunting challenges in the initial stages of the IoT development, the industry is poised to take advantage of the massive deployment of IoT devices in the 5G era. Private cellular networks are envisioned to create the secure environment for remote monitoring, analytics and control of automation using data generated by pervasive sensors. But has the ecosystem evolved to avoid the pitfalls this time and how does private 5G changes the IoT landscape for the short and long term? Let's find out. Hi guys, this is your host Ashish Jain and you're listening to the Alignment Podcast where we go beyond the buzzwords and connect the dots between technology and its business impact. Meet my guest for today's podcast, Landon Garner, the Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer for Core Wireless. He's a veteran in the IoT space with a broad experience working at many companies such as Integron, Ingenu, and Tyoglass that solves different pieces of the IoT jigsaw puzzle. In our discussion today, we will uncover a few things. How will 5G impact the adoption of IoT and create opportunities to exploit new AI-enabled digital services? What are some of the learnings from the initial stages of IoT deployment that will influence its prospects in the 5G era? And how do CIOs conceptualize the trade-offs of IoT deployments and guard against the pitfalls of the deployment in the enterprise? So let me welcome Landon Garner. Landon, thank you for joining me today. A real pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So you're all ready for all set for the uh, Thanksgiving break? We're get we're getting there for sure. Uh, looking <laughs> forward to a couple couple days of downtime and some good food, and um, yeah, wrestling with some kids for a few days while they're off of school. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Uh, hopefully, not as bad as it was last year. So, um, people are definitely out having fun, traveling, and meeting family. So that's 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 all great. So. Can you tell us a little bit about your involvement in the IoT industry and a little bit of background what you've seen um, so far? Yeah, uh, definitely. It's It's been an interesting ride, an interesting journey that we've all kind of been on at di- different stages. Um, uh, you know, kind of a roller coaster analogy is probably fitting for a lot of parts of, uh, you know, some of the ups and downs and, and twists and turns that we've been on in IoT. I I was exposed to it uh, about a decade ago as um, T-Mobile spun off a group called Rayco Wireless um, that really became one of these first true kind of independent resellers of IoT connectivity. And at the time it was called, IoT wasn't even a term. I think we were using terms like telemetry and machine to machine or M to M. But I I got exposed at that point in time of... um, you know, of, of a lot of commotion, of, uh, of course, uh, explosions in certain areas in terms of growth. Uh, you saw the connected car space kind of take off first and fleet management became a big staple of connectivity. Um, uh, so that, that's really, I was, I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by some really innovative thinkers. I think back to, um, you know, some mentors for me, uh, the CEO of uh, or, or president of Rayco Wireless, John Horn, was, has, has been a mentor to me for, for a number of years. But um, uh, seeing how we've kind of transformed from, you know, the different sets of problems that we've had to uh, now looking at the opportunities before us when it comes to 5G, it's been, um, yeah, it's been, been tremendous. It's a, it's a great 
great industry to be in and a lot of growth ahead of us. So, you know, last time when we were speaking, we talked about that IoT has given a black eye to many people. <laughs> so can you can you tell us a little bit about why was that and what what the gaps in people's understanding of IoT or adoption and I and, and I think a lot of it is still happening and so let's let's uncover that what what's yeah, going on there yeah we're jump, jumping right into the blood and guts of this this is great um, <laughs> absolutely there have been some some big black eyes for sure I mean. Um, I think the dynamic here at Play Ashisha is we've got this tremendous opportunity that's effectively using a, a technology that's retrofitted to serve it. So over the years, um, again, these cellular networks primarily um, and even some of the device ecosystems have really catered to the consumer world. So you, you look at consumer grade networks that uh, you know are designed to provide voice and data services and you look at 2g 3g networks by uh, cellular carriers and you look at the ecosystems right the, the large volume of hardware and and uh, um, device um, supply out there is really fueled by this this tremendous kind of um, opportunity with the consumer crowd so uh, again I don't I don't blame anybody but if you look at kind of the average revenue per unit or, or ARPU as it's referred to, you'll see that, yeah, on these consumer devices, I mean, you, you know what you pay for your cell phone every year. The demands of IoT are, are quite a bit different. And so we're starting to look at, you know, you know, sunsets now because decisions by carriers with a limited resource like Spectrum has caused us to reevaluate how we use that spectrum. And so and that's why we've, we've looked at 2G to 3G to 4G to 5G uh, and on and on, right? So we get into these, um, I guess, situations, Ashish, where we have to make decisions for maybe conflicting interests, if you will. Um, and so now you have uh, some of these black eyes, right, that you refer to or that maybe that I referred to of... Um, promises unkept, right, of, of these growth rates that we haven't experienced or of deployments that have kind of been left out there to dry uh, because of, you know, maybe a sunsetting technology or a discontinuation of service or mergers and acquisitions, as I've been a part of a, a number of them. Um, a lot of disruption, and but that's common with kind of high growth industries as well. Um, but again, if you go back five or even 10 years, you hear analysts talking about, you know, 10 billion devices this and 100 billion devices that. And here we are still at, at a few billion devices. And we think, and I, I believe this, we haven't quite hit that upward curve. I think we're at the, you know, we're in inning one, if you will, the top of the first or bottom of the first, if you want to use the baseball analogy, of setting us up for tremendous growth that's ahead of us. And that's because of, in my opinion, now catering to IoT. Now there are companies that are only IoT companies. They're not wireless carriers and IoT companies. There's networks that are built entirely for IoT connectivity uh, and not kind of a shared resource with, you know, the traditional consumer um, uh, network technologies that have been deployed. So there, there's some really interesting things. And, and Mike, uh, our CEO at Core, um, it's kind of famously um, coined the term the decade of IoT. We, we really think that um, that that's ahead of us. And so, again, our, our CEO, Romo Bale at Core, really sees us kind of hitting our stride 
or this kind of flywheel, if you'll use that analogy of, of growth that we're about to, to embark on as um, these technologies are finally supportive of the types of applications that IoT really um, demands. Hmm. That's a great point, actually. The uh, definitely connectivity is evolving and continues to evolve. You know, as we as we see, yeah, there's a lot more focus, and I think the success of five G is also very much dependent on you know the adoption of IoT. In my view, because otherwise, you know, what's the need? Um, now, talking about connectivity, right? Connectivity. You know, there's there's been a, a lot of other connectivity options, which has never, which doesn't always depend on the carrier infrastructure or you know the the majority you know connectivity providers i mean there have been wi-fi there's been ble there's been zigbee there's been um uh, you know others uh, um, uh, that that were available for the iot infrastructure uh, you know to get adopted so i always wonder is it a technology readiness problem was it a technology readiness problem uh, the ecosystem readiness problem, or somebody coming in and saying, okay, a management problem, which is, okay, I know how to deploy, deliver, manage this, um, the whole thing for specific, you know, enterprise applications and business use cases, um, or was it a technology or an ecosystem problem, or all the above? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's always the... The thing and you get into these chicken and egg conversations if if one thing caused another or the other thing caused the preceding the the preceding action um that's always going to be the debate uh, and that's what makes this really interesting uh to take not to take the easy road but effectively taking the easy road it's a little bit of all of those things if if we're honest ashish if we look at that um you know if we had kind of purpose-built iot networks five, six, seven, eight years ago, would we have the demand? Probably not, right? We wouldn't have that growth that we were all expecting. But if we, you know, didn't have the networks and we had the device ecosystem at that same time, would that solve the problem? Probably not. I think in the end, really the overarching kind of dynamic here that's that drives growth in this industry is going to be business impact, profitability, savings, um, you know, whatever other term you want to use to really speak to the benefits of IoT. Um, and they're driven by a lot of those dynamics. I mean, when you look at the, the economics, for example, of something like an NBIoT or even a LoRa type network, like, uh, you know, a company like EveryNet that deploys a, a, you know, kind of a nationwide and even global LoRa network, the economic structure of that network is so different than what we had with a 2G, 3G, or even LTE network just a few years ago. So now when you when you start to think about that and you say, okay, where could those solutions go and how could they actually provide a benefit, they start to open up new use cases, new opportunities. And so now when you think of like, hey, to take the, the kind of low-hanging fruit here with a with um, you know connected agriculture and and uh, irrigation, right? When you say, okay, I'm going to go put a, a sensor out into the middle of a field that's connected to a 2G, 3G device or uh, a network, and and then try to figure out the economics of that, or, or or go out into the middle of an oil field and put a satellite uh, product out there and try to monitor, you know, whatever you're monitoring in an oil and gas situation, that the economics of that are 
become very unsupportive. And so now you fast forward to this point in time where we now have some real possibilities with completely different economics, with networks that are built to run at at much lower operating costs uh, and use spectrum much more effective and, and efficiently. Now you start to say, okay, it's a combination. It's it's a combination of network technologies driving, you know, um, costs down and scale up. It's it's a matter of, you know, the simplicity of device hardware and eco and, and the ecosystem from, from a hardware standpoint becoming much more simplified. And now you're talking about modules in the, you know, one, two, three, four dollar range rather than the twenty, thirty, forty dollar range. So these all start to impact, I think, this this ability for companies to exponentially grow their IoT bases and deployments. Um, so it it, it it may come out as a bit of a cop out answer, but it's all of those it's all of those things combined, and that's why I think again, as Romo Bale kind of termed uh, uh, coined the, the term "decade of IoT," it's it's that that's going to drive this convergence of just rapid growth that we've all been talking about forever that infrastructure hasn't existed that ecosystem hasn't existed to the extent that it does today and we're about to taste that i think for the first time in the next couple of years so that's that's what's exciting i think about the whole opportunity at this point in time no i think you're, you're spot on there right so the dedicated networks designed for iot are critical absolutely right i mean 2g 3g i don't think that i mean although they they did have good good uh uh broad metro level connectivity for m2m and you know parking sensors have been using it for for many years but to your point i mean the characteristics of an iot which you know battery life range cost right i think they all three are met with uh, the newer technologies from connectivity perspective that are coming out, likes of LoRa and, and NB-IoT. Now, staying on the connectivity topic, um, you know, LPVAN or LoRa versus, you know, NB-IoT, there's a lot of talk about 5G, uh, massive IoT, mission-critical IoT, you know, number of things been been discussed in that space, and it does present a whole host of connectivity options to take advantage of IoT for data gathering and aggregation. Now, do you see CIOs are prepared to build that infrastructure for taking advantage of 5G, or how, how do you see 5G as a platform for this decade of growth that you're talking about, uh, or is it too much of a you know, a marketing uh, kind of, a, you know, noise uh, out there and you ne- you don't really need 5G because, you know, un- ultimately you need a connectivity option like NB-IoT, which is not necessarily dependent on 5G all the time. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting um, new world that we're going into, Ashish, and you touched on this uh, already. I think 5G as a standard is so diverse. I mean, when we talk about 4G, for example, 3G, 2G in the past, um, it, it, that that's those single two letters or that acronym or the, sorry, that abbreviation of, of 4G or 5G or, or 3G really would sum up the whole technology stack in a way. But 5G is a different animal. Um, we like to think of 5G kind of similar to, I think it was Ericsson that, that originally kind of coined these designations of, you know, massive IoT and critical IoT. Obviously, when, you know, you see the Super Bowl commercials or you see the different advertisements out there for 5G, you're, you're talking about these super ultra capacity, low latency, 
ultra fast networks that are, you know, mostly, um, you know, bound to urban centers, right? You're talking about, you know, high, high throughput and being able to stream video wherever at rapid, rapid paces. You're talking about, um, you know, um, remote surgery taking place and autonomous vehicles and infrastructure, that kind of V to V, V to X, um, idea with, um, with, with, uh, transportation. Those are captivating. They make for phenomenal headlines, advertisements, Super Bowl commercials. But we really think, and I really think this as well is a lot of, the value of 5G is actually on the massive IoT side. And when I say massive IoT, I'm really talking about NB-IoT and the standards around CAT-M or the machine type communications within that standard that the 3GPP is set up. So when you start to talk about like this division of 5G and you're not just saying 5G as a whole, you have two very, very different things, right? You have uh, networks like NB-IoT, narrowband IoT, and CAT-M that are optimized for IoT deployments. And, you know, what does that mean exactly? That means, like you pointed out, you know, usually um, these use cases would be, um, you know, less power hungry. So, again, you, you think about deploying a device on a, on a single battery and that device being out in the field for 10, 20 years even, um, not needing you know, some source of uh, extraneous power to it. Um, you talk about uh, the cost model. So the data consumption that comes off of these devices in a massive IoT setting are very low. So uh, those data volumes, of, of course, translate to lower costs um, on a monthly basis. Um, and then um, the, the simplicity of the hardware as well. And that, again, obviously has some factors on uh, cost uh, of the overall solution, but all those things translate to, okay, you have a much more simplistic device, higher volumes of those devices in a very, um, you know, independent power environment, right? Where you can now put a sensor in a remote field, like I mentioned, or you can now, um, monitor things that probably didn't have any business being monitored in the past. And so again, we think, we think that this massive IoT space is just going to explode. It's going to be a tremendous growth for us and for the, the world as a whole. We'll be able to have data coming from all kinds of places, helping feed kind of larger data sets. We'll be able to do even a lot of the edge computing that uh, that's being talked about by many, right? So the computing power of some of the processors that sit on the edge can now take the data that they ingest from the sensors and actually make decisions on the edge rather than bringing that data all the way back through the network and, and kind of bogging it down. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. And then on the critical IOT side or kind of that low latency, ultra low reliable side of things. I mean, obviously that's, that's, you know, f exciting and phenomenal when you talk about the possibilities that we haven't even scratched the surface on um, being able to do kind of industrial, control systems and being able to control factory floors or being able to control traffic safety or uh, deliver healthcare remotely with, you know, you know, somebody, some physician's hands in London that's serving somebody in Malawi. I mean, th those are all things that I think will come down the pipe, but that's still a couple of years away for obvious reasons. 
So um, yeah, when we talk about 5G, it's exciting because there's a couple different uh, layers or levels to it that really, you know, t- tend to drive us to high growth. So yeah, overall, um, I'm I'm super bullish. I mean, Core is extremely extremely bullish on 5G, and it, it's it's going to be um, it's going to be a network that we haven't experienced in the past. Great, I mean, great to hear that from you. So let's let's go back to the point you mentioned, which is a very important point that the the massive IoT perspective, the modules need to be in a range of $5 around that range. Is the 5G technology ready to meet that those economies yet? Like in terms of having the 5G modules available that can build the sensors in that price range? I think we're I think we're getting there. And it just again, it'll depend on the specific application and the requirements. But yeah, we we are definitely sub $10 on on modules from what I've seen in the industry, that's rapidly approaching and, and, you know, may even be sub $5 in some cases um, for these more simplistic NB-IoT CAD-M type devices. So yes, I, I think, I think we're, if we're not there yet, we're pretty darn close. Um, and that will only, you know, be, be further achieved as we get more and more scale in this market. And the other thing too, if she's to look at really is, the the combination and the s- simplicity that's being added to uh you know these these boards and these chipsets and now you start to look at technologies that have kind of um you know this concept of an iSIM or a system on chip type design where you can now start to integrate um multiple components into single components and obviously even bring that cost down further from a total uh, bill of material standpoint. So um, absolutely. I think, I think we are, we're really close to being there and that's why I think the next couple of years are going to grow rapidly, but we'll get to a point where those costs are dropped or, or, or brought down even further here in the next couple of years. Awesome. So let's switch gears a little bit. Um, IOT is a lot of time bashed, due to lack of security threats, right? It poses to the network and a lot of talks are happening. Okay, is, you know, because of the number of devices as the, the IT teams or the CIOs ready to, you know, uh, are they even ready to handle the potential threats that the IoT can bring into their network? Um, thoughts, is it a myth? Is it somewhat mm-hmm. real? How, how, what, what, would we, what would you say to a CIO asking you that question? <laughs> I would say I would not underestimate the the the, the uh, threat of uh, security risks. No question about it. Um, we we deal with a number of um, these every day at core, um, whether through our customers or to our own systems. We take this very very seriously, and all you have to do is just pick up. Uh, you know, pick, pick up a newspaper on any given day and there's likely some form of security challenge or breach or hack um, that's kind of strangled a company, right? Um, that's held them hostage. Uh, and so th- it is not something that, that anyone ought to take um, lightly. The right partnerships need to be formed. The right tools need to be in place. The right partners need to be selected. Um, simply put, you know, 
catastrophe can happen without the right precautions when it comes to IoT security. Um, and just think about it. I mean, you start to put, um, you know, devices out into into the field or into remote locations, right? You put them out into a, onto freeways and infrastructure and into hospitals and into fields and uh, buildings and all kinds of stuff. Most of those devices are left uh, completely unmonitored other than the data feed coming back from those devices. So, um, so many of those, right? For, you know, th those in themselves, just the remote nature uh, proposes a pretty interesting security risk in themselves because that physical device is inherently exposed due to its remote nature. So, um, and the fact that there are now going to be billions of these devices on a network versus millions of these devices on a network only increases its risk exposure profile, right? So there, uh, there are. So, what, so what do so what do they need to do about it? Like, I mean, is there is there an approach? that the CIOs, I know this is a, that could be another podcast altogether. I know that this is a big yeah. topic, right? But but generally speaking, right? I mean, security definitely, we all understand is a, is a big threat. And, you know, with the number of devices coming in, uh, unmonitored, a lot of times, you know, sitting, you know, but I assume, right, with, with the networks, like dedicated networks that are utilizing, you know, built for IoT, as we talked about earlier, uh, alleviate some of those pains, I assume, versus, you know, leveraging Wi-Fi, for example, sure. um, for connectivity. Um, are there factors that the industry as, you know, as a whole uh, is already working towards that you think are very critical for the CIOs to understand and get some peace of mind and say, okay, this new era of IoT with the right connectivity and the cellular connectivity options, you are much better off than what you were two years ago or five years ago? I, I think we're getting there. So there, there are some, some efforts being led by organizations like the GSMA um, that, that uh, you know, if you've heard of IoT Safe, S-A-F-E, mm -hmm. um, you know, you start to get some standardized kind of root of trust data communication standards that, um, you know, companies comply with and kind of authentication protocols that can kind of support, um, you know, standard security practices around the industry. So, so, so groups like the GSMA are starting to help with that. Organizations like IEEE um, ha have their own efforts. Uh, and then, of course, there's, a, there's I mean, this, the cybersecurity space in itself has tremendous resources and organizations that, um, you know, are, are doing their very best to address these challenges. Uh, our organization at CORE, we launched, because this is such a serious issue for us, we launched a product called Security Pro about a year, year and a half ago that's been tremendously successful as we've deployed this with customers. This is effectively a tool that sits on the network layer um, and monitors network traffic and picks up things through what we call a traffic um, analyzer, we're able to, to effectively see anomalous behaviors in devices at a network level and then pinpoint those devices 
uh, put them on a map, put them into kind of lockdown mode, restrict traffic to, to specific IP addresses, that type of thing. So you see some of those things uh, that, that become beneficial to the end user or to the, to the company deploying the solution. You also see, I think, some interesting things with 5G as a network technology itself with network slicing and kind of almost this, this solution that looks and feels like a software-defined network where you're able to route traffic um, and almost segregate it from other traffic paths. So think of it in a hospital setting where you might have, you know, almost like a private network type setting or, or deployment setting. So now, you know, the medical devices in the hospital are effectively using a different slice of a 5G network than people sitting in your, wi- you know, using your Wi-Fi in the lobby are. Um and then, of course, private networking as a, as a service as well is becoming a big, big, you know, interesting play for many companies, especially with, uh, you know, especially in places like the United States where CBRS is, uh, you know, available for, for use um, with those types of networks. So, um, yeah, sophistication levels, I think, are rising for sure, but it doesn't kind of omit the, the risks that are out there. Do you see the increased demand for IoT applications due to, possi- due to the possibilities of private wireless networks now, you know, whether they're using CBRS or, or you know, procured industrial industrial spectrum that are available in different parts of the countries and different countries, whether it's 4G or 5G, I think a lot of it is still private LTE, CBRS is mostly LTE-based networks right now, and then it's all evolving to private 5G also different parts of the world. But do you see that as a catalyst for a broader adoption of IoT in the coming years? Uh, we, we really do, although obviously the scale is going to be different. Um, the, the impact is going to be very dynamic, though, because, again, uh, you start to, um, you know, create environments where not all networks are equal, um, and that's kind of obvious, but you, ha- you have certain circumstances where you need to have critical updates, whether that's to firmware or software over the air type updates and being encumbered by, um, you know, uh, everyday traffic that might come over that network becomes pretty problematic in some instances. And so the other, the other is obviously security that's driving that, but um, you know, we're starting to see that more and more. And I think that's going to be a driver, but not, you know, we're not going to get to billions and billions of private networks in my mind, uh, even, even close to that type of number. But it's going to be very impactful in certain circumstances. We announced a partnership with Coke Industries um, a couple months back or a collaboration with Coke Industries a couple months back. But that's one of the areas that we'd explore with with them on some other factory floors in these kind of industrial IoT settings where, you know, now you can have a dedicated uh, private network and yeah today it's a it's a 4g lte type network tomorrow it's more of a 5g uh, network deployment but these become pretty interesting in terms of how simple they are becoming to deploy so we're, we're looking at ways that we can kind of put a private network in a box and and bring it to market and allow you know you know your it department to set up and structure uh a private network for your factory floor so that you know you you don't you don't miss out on um, opportunities to keep 
keep things moving along and, and avoid downtime. So it, it is going to grow. Um, obviously it's not even in close to the same realm as kind of these ma- massive IOT deployments, but nonetheless, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a beneficial technology for, for many in the IOT space. You're right. Definitely not billions, but I think as, as the growth happened more, the area, I mean, the way I look at it is the, from the NBIOT perspective, a lot of the existing deployments are carrier driven, right? In terms of it's a uh, subscription services for the NBIOT, you're paying for the you know subscription of that data, and it becomes you know an, an ongoing cost for anyone who's trying to build uh, an IoT network using that technology. Versus, does the economy does the economy start to make sense now? Let's say an enterprise like Coke. They're already investing in private networks for other reasons, right? For, you know, improving their overall efficiencies in the network cost of network, whatnot. And that network is also now available to do the IoT, right? So now, now technology doesn't change from a SIM and authentication perspective, but all of a sudden you're no longer dependent on a carrier, but you can, you're, you're getting the, the LT technology or, or the IoT technology, uh, you're but the economies start to make sense for that enterprise. And that's how yeah. I see, I think, you know, this is, this will be an interesting shift of for many enterprises to start thinking about, okay, wow, this was a, a big cost element for us before, but since there are multiple factors that are, you know, pushing us towards having our own network, this actually makes more sense now. Yeah, very, very well said. Very well said. I 100% agree. Great. So I think we are pretty much towards the end um, to our for our discussion here. So I would like to wrap up with, you know, if you can give a final word of wisdom in terms of the critical success factors for an enterprise to deploy IoT and what would you suggest them, their path to think uh, for their IoT deployments? Yeah, I, w- I would definitely look at, um, you know, I- IoT goes much uh, deeper into the weeds than most enterprises and companies expect. They get caught up after they come up with the idea and they they even go as far as developing an application. They get caught up with 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 things that you know stunt their growth, I'll say. And and we've seen this. There's statistics by you know some of the leading uh, um, management consultancies out there in the world, McKinsey, I think. Uh, and others that have said, you know, most of these deployments fail due to complexity. So, um, and they're things that you wouldn't expect. And so I, I would just give a, a word of advice to anybody that that is out there, any companies that are looking to deploy IoT solutions to find the right partners that can take you from A to Z, not just from, from A to B. Um, so if you're looking for just a connectivity provider, you're just looking for only an antenna provider, for only a SIM provider, whatever it might be, um, you're probably going to have a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. Um, you know, there's companies, and, and again, a shame, shameless plug for my own with Core, but they can really walk you through everything from regulatory compliance to reverse logistics to procure, hardware procurement and, of course, the connectivity angle that – that are going to solve a lot of problems and, and, you know, eliminate a lot of headaches that you might have down the road. So IOT is about, you know, making things simple, making things easy. 
So I would just suggest find a partner that can help you simplify that complexity and, and uh, bring your market, bring your product to market uh, uh, faster and more efficiently. Awesome. I think that's a great response. And I think simplicity is the key for everything. Um, I think these days, even uh, private networks need that level of simplicity. I, I see a lot of companies bringing piece part elements into it and uh, combining private networks with IoT is going to add more complexity and somebody who can do all that uh, is, is really going to be a great value add for anyone. Well, thanks once again, Lannan. That was a great conversation. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great discussion, Landon. Your assertion about an inflection point in IoT is spot on. With the evolution of connectivity options built for industrial IoT and the maturity of the ecosystem, we are certainly on the path to experience the decade of IoT. I'm sure CIOs will learn a great deal from your insights on avoiding the pitfalls of implementing IoT networks. Thanks everyone for listening. Please subscribe to the Alignment Podcast on your favorite platform. It's A-L-Y-N-M-E-N-T. We hope you will continue the conversation by asking questions and sharing your thoughts on the intersection of IoT and private 5G in the enterprise. Feel free to reach out to me at ashish.jain at kairospulse.com or drop me a note on my LinkedIn. Till next time, have a very happy Thanksgiving and have fun with your family.